Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. Welcome to episode 11. We are solidly in that double-digit mark, and I'm so happy and grateful for every single one of you that has shared the podcast, listened to the podcast, downloaded the podcast, and all of the things. I just want to send a huge thank you so much to all of you. So without further ado, let's hop into today's episode. Now, Today, we're going to be a little bit shorter, I think, on the side, unless I get caught on a tangent, but we're going to be talking about something that might seem contradictory at first. It might seem kind of out there, but I think is truly important in anyone's fitness journey, and that's the idea of being selfish in your fitness journey. Now, I know what you're thinking, you know, selfish, Uh, like bad word, right? Like taboo. I can't be selfish. There's all these other people that rely on me, whether that's family, friends, loved ones, co-workers, bosses, etc. Right? So I know what you're kind of that gut reaction when you hear the word selfish. But sometimes in our health and fitness journeys, it pays to be a little selfish. All right. So before we go on, the primary definition of selfish is lacking consideration for others and concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. Now, no one really wants to be considered a selfish person, right? I don't I don't think so. But I think there are times that that benefits us where we do have to put our needs above those of other people or at least consider. And now that's not in necessarily a negative way, right? If we look at another definition... It's characterized by or manifesting concern or care for only oneself. Now, if we take out that only, right? So if we remove the word only and we look at characterized by or manifesting concern or care for oneself, it doesn't seem that bad, right? Like it's that only, it's that complete lack of consideration for others that really puts all of being selfish in a bad rep, right? So, but we we have to have concern or care for ourselves, right? That's necessity in life. We, we Our bodies are quite literally designed to support ourselves. Like it will negate other things and look out for the protection of ourselves. That's why when we look at our nervous system, we have that fight or flight response. That's why you hear those stories of people being able to lift cars and pull up or perform crazy physical feats in the face of death that they otherwise would not be able to do, right? So 
we have to have that care for ourselves. Our genetics quite literally tell us like they want to preserve life, right? If we look at it from another standpoint in genetics, our bodies want to preserve all the things that we had. So if we look at our ancestors, they were primarily hunter-gatherers, right? If we if we continue to look back and back and back, right? Maybe not, you know, in the last handful of generations, but where we came from, we're a hunting-gathering society. Now, those people didn't know when they would get food, right? So they didn't know when the next animal would come along or when they would find another crop of berries and wild uh, plants that they could harvest for food. So their bodies preserved themselves and hung on to every ounce of body fat or stored energy that they could. Now, in today's world, we don't have that. We're not in a hunting-gathering society. You can get food on every single corner, most likely, or close to that, right? We're never far from the availability of food, whether it be our house, our workplaces, or a convenience store, right? Like, it's everywhere, but our bodies still have those genetics to hold on to food. That's why sometimes we can have that little stall in weight loss if we like eat too little calories, right? The body will adapt to those lower calories and continue to preserve as much of itself as possible. So the body is quite literally selfish, right? On a genetic level, it wants to live. But in health and fitness, we need this care for ourselves. So looking beyond genetics, right? We have to be kind of a little selfish sometimes. It's not that we don't care about others. We don't want to put others down while we work towards our health and fitness, right? But we do need to prioritize ourselves. And perhaps that's a better word is priority, making yourself a priority, making your journey a priority versus being selfish. But I think the term selfish we just kind of look at always as negative, and I don't think it always has to be that way, right? Maybe we think, is there a way to be a little selfish, but still include others, right, in the journey? And I would argue there absolutely is, right? There's ways that we can be a little more selfish with our fitness journey and still either include others or consider others in this pursuit, Again, I realize that I'm contradicting the definition of selfish, but I think you understand what I'm saying. So let's dive into four ways on how we can stay selfish, right? So number one, schedule it before anyone else is awake or after they're asleep, right? So is it selfish if you're inconveniencing yourself to get something into the day? Maybe not, but we're going to go with it, right? The best way to ensure that you get an uninterrupted workout is to schedule it before everyone else is awake or after they go to sleep. Now, this will depend on you're a morning or a night person, and I know everyone has different tendencies. For me, 100% a morning person. I would rather wake up at 3.30 in the morning, which I can probably count on one hand the amount of times that I've done in my lifetime to get a workout in versus train at 5 p.m. or even 4 p.m. Like, I would much rather wake up in the morning. So, again, that's my personal preference. So you'll have to decide whether you're a morning or a night person. And I don't know about you, but 
I don't really want to give up that sleep all the time, right? Sleep is obviously a crucial part. We've talked about it before in this podcast to recovery. And it's a pretty good chance if you schedule your workout in the morning, if you take a little bit of that sleep, maybe a couple times a week, maybe we can plan to go to bed a little bit earlier the night before, that your family probably doesn't want to give up their sleep either. So they might not be waking up with you uh, in the morning or again, staying up after you go to bed or after they go to bed, excuse me, when you need to stay up and get, get a quick training session in. So scheduling your workouts for that early morning time slot, whether it's at home or you're going to the gym, you can sneak out of the house, crush a training session, whatever it may be. And you might even be able to get back before they're even awake, right? So again, like I said, this can be a tricky one if you're not a morning person or if you're not a night person and it just so happens to fit your schedule that you work out at night, there will be an adjustment period. And waking up in the mornings or staying accountable to a post-work workout can be hard. Having someone there, perhaps a training partner, making a friend at the gym, or scheduling a group workout on Zoom are two awesome ways to get accountability and make getting out of bed to that alarm or stopping at the gym on the way home from work just a little bit easier. That brings me to my next one. Include others in the fun, right? Gone are the days where it's the norm to rely on a trip to the gym to get a workout in for the day, right? I think in pre-pandemic, we all went to the gym to get a workout and there were very few people that I knew in my life that predominantly trained at home or who even had a, a sufficient home gym setup. Now, almost everyone has at least a handful of equipment at home even if it's just a dumbbell, one resistance band, a foam roller, right? We can do so much with that. Home workouts, outdoor workouts, and Zoom trainings all have their place in bridging the gap in this workout experience. So if you do have a day where you have to, this happened to me the other day. So I had a super busy day, couldn't get my training session in the morning, worked, 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 et cetera, et cetera. I got home at the end of the night, 6, 6.30, and I was like, oh, like I didn't do anything. But I had, you know, my kettlebell here. I was able to get in some swings, some Turkish get-ups, and just get a little bit of movement in throughout my day, right? And not to mention, this makes it so much easier to include others in the fun from all over, right? So an example from Unity, over the last, uh, gosh, it was like late spring, early summer, we did a quarantine challenge to focus on habits while everyone was kind of sitting at home. And my mom and my aunt both did it. So I'm in Wisconsin, right? Unity is in Wisconsin. My mom lives in Illinois and my aunt lives in South Carolina. But for those six weeks, we were all able to do the same challenge, right? We work with members all over the country who train virtually with us via the app that we have or via our Zoom workouts that we host, right? So this new wave of fitness is so cool because we don't have to rely on that trip to the gym to find that community that we're looking for. The The reach of health and fitness, if you will, is no longer restricted by the distance you want to commute, right? And as a result, it's easier to include others in the fun. You can join a gym with a friend virtually and plan your workouts together. Like we've had people hop on Zoom on their own and do their workout 
without us present, but they still had that community. You can take on a virtual challenge or a program. You can meet new friends if you join this gym or join a virtual challenge, right? Like this is why at Unity we run Facebook groups for a lot of our challenges because we do have people that aren't all at the gym or even if they are at the gym, they don't train at the same times, but this way they can all interact and meet people. Obviously, you can bring the gym to you, right? We can do home training and all those types of things, but you can just be active with other people as well. As the weather starts warm up here in Wisconsin, we often get so caught up in the gym, in the perfect plan, reps and sets, the perfect everything that we overlook the effects and the positive effects, the extremely positive effects of simply moving our bodies, right? Perhaps you have to take the time away from family to make it to the gym two to three times a week, right? But on the other days, you plan a play date with your kids at the park, right? And not just take them, like actually play with them, right? When I was growing up, I used to nanny and uh, we used to like, I would go with the kids and we would actually play. Like I would play with them, whether that be football, kickball, right? Running around the playground, etc. You can also plan walks when kids are out of school, right? These are all ways to move your body and can contribute to your progress towards any health and fitness goal. But more importantly, contribute to the health of your body, the health of your human being that you are, as opposed to just the weights we want to lift in the gym, the numbers we want to see on the scale and all of the trivial goals, we can contribute to our overall health, our overall wellness and well-being. So here brings me to number three. We're going to switch gears here for a minute. So you might be thinking like, all right, this is cool, right? I could probably get in some more movement, whether it's before my family wakes up, after they go to bed, including my family in it. But workouts are all well and good. But there's no way my family is going to eat my food that I cook. And I hate to break it to you, but you're probably right. There are definitely times when kids and adults alike can be picky eaters and it doesn't hold the same novelty to eat the same thing every day, right? So, I'm going to use an example that I used and I made the other day, not the other day, I don't know, a couple weeks ago now, but so I made a chicken breast and rice casserole with butternut squash, broccoli, and pecans, okay? It might sound delicious to you, and if it is, I highly recommend it. Shoot me a message on Instagram. I will send you the recipe. It's from my mom, so shout out to her because I get a ton of recipes, and I know she listens to these podcasts, so it was awesome, right? But it might not sound super appealing, right? Like butternut squash, like eh, pecans, like eh, not so sure about that, right? But when you put it in context and you say, oh, I made a Thanksgiving leftover inspired casserole, that brings a whole new picture, right? Because some of the seasonings and the spices and the herbs and all the things that were used did give this dish a very Thanksgiving-esque taste, right? And yes, like I said, this is a perfect example. I I literally used it. The dish was a huge success, but only when named appropriately. So I didn't say all that was in it until after the fact, until after it was already enjoyed. So renaming meals, being sneaky about what's actually in the meals, and bringing a positive attitude can actually help, right? Especially 
if you can sneak those veggies into things that they normally are not in, right? So think, oh gosh, some examples I've used in the past, like smoothies, you can make like zucchini or butternut squash noodles, right? And maybe even combine like some veggie noodles and some regular noodles, right? That's totally an option. Sweet potatoes and cookies kind of give them like a more of a, um, almost a pumpkin-y taste, if you will. Um, you can layer zucchini in lasagna, right? Again, in with the veggies there and the other noodles. You can sneak veggies into meatballs. You can add pureed veggies to soups, sauces, or salad dressings. You can sneak your veggies underneath the pizza cheese, right? So just like small little things, you can leave veggies out raw with dip, right? Everybody loves a dip. Everybody. I, I don't think I've met one person that doesn't like to dip something in something else and eat it, right? Usually that whatever you dip in it is just a vehicle for the dip. So if you just leave out veggies, whether it's carrots, cucumbers, etc., that might be a way to sneak in a little bit extra vegetables within your your day, whether it's you, your kids, husband, etc., partner, whatever. You, you might be able to sneak in a couple more, right? One of my favorite dips, just a quick tangent side note here, and I know this podcast is probably not as short as I expected it to be in the start, but um, you can make one with plain Greek yogurt. So not the sweetened kind, but like a plain, whether it's full fat or non-fat or partially fat, it doesn't matter. Just that's your texture thing, whatever you prefer. But a plain Greek yogurt, and then you can mix in different like spices and you can add, I usually do plain Greek yogurt, and I just add all these to taste. I don't usually measure. Um, salt and pepper. If I want to do like a ranch one, I'll use like a ranch seasoning. Um, the Trader Joe's makes a really good hot honey mustard seasoning, so I'll mix that in there. And then usually I'll add either just a little bit of mayo just to take that tang out of the Greek yogurt, or if you love the tang of the Greek yogurt, obviously you can keep that in there as well. Um, or excuse me, omit the mayo as well. Obviously, you're going to keep the Greek yogurt, but um, you can just mix up all the spices. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of vinegar, or if I do want it a little bit sweeter, I'll do like a honey mustard one, and I'll add some honey and mustard kind of into the Greek yogurt. And again, that Greek yogurt just adds a little bit of protein, and you're just really trying to dip your vegetables in something, right? So finally, my tip number four, start small. Don't overhaul your life, right? Of course, if you are just starting your fitness journey for the first time, it's going to be challenging. And there's no doubt about it. There's nothing I can say or trip, tip, trick, or anything else that I can give you. There's going to be challenges. But the easiest thing we can do is make sure we're setting ourselves up for success by taking on that manageable amount of work, right? This helps other people to better understand what you're doing. It helps them to be able to work with you to rearrange or adjust as needed without massive amounts of hassle on both ends of the spectrum, right? So we're kind of coming into that warmer weather, perhaps barbecues are coming up, things like that. Making that decision like, oh, if you want to make sure that there's a fresh, healthy salad, like volunteer to bring the vegetables to the party, right? Kind of doing small things and still enjoying the time with family, friends, enjoying the drinks or the cocktails or the grilled meat or whatever it might be, 
the desserts, the s'mores, right? Take time to enjoy those. But when we work in small steps, this allows you to become more relatable to other people. And they can see like, oh, you're just changing this one little thing. It's not that you can't participate in the summer barbecue at all, right? And again, this is important for you as well when adding new things to your life. So say you've been on your journey for a while and you just want to change or add something. So if you don't work out at all, but you want to start with five to six days per week, that's likely not going to be sustainable. Your body's not going to be able to recover. And like I talked about earlier, recovery is so important. And I do have another podcast on it. I don't remember what episode it is, but I'll try and link it in the description to this one if you haven't listened to that one yet. But start with two, maybe three days per week, right? We see the most success at Unity in clients and members that train four days per week only, right? Three three to four. I think four is our, our average, right? But when people come in five or six days a week, we don't necessarily see better results from five or six days a week. The most success we see on that three to four range, right? So start there. Even starting with two, if you're doing nothing right now, allows you to adjust and maintain there before you add more, right? Overall, we're looking for that. We're not looking for, excuse me, we're not, not, I repeat, not looking for that overhaul within a day. We're looking for that sustainable change, right? That we can maintain in the long term. We don't want something that is just going to fizzle out after six weeks. If you do a 30, 60, 90 day challenge, But 30, 60, 90 days after the challenge, you're in the same place you were before the challenge or the diet or insert whatever here, that wasn't sustainable for you, right? That wasn't a success. Though you might have lost weight in that time period, you don't truly, if you think deep, want to lose weight for 60 days only, right? And then never keep it off. The goal is the maintenance. The goal is the long term. We have to be able to maintain those results post-challenge, lifestyle change, etc. Okay, so there you have it. Four ways that you can be a little bit more selfish in your fitness journey. Now, this brings us to our empowered action for this week. And I know I said this episode was going to be short, and I don't think it's short. So, we're just going to go with it. But our empowered action for this week, being selfish is tough, right? We all have our personal home life, fitness goals, time allotted that we can put towards those goals and any number of other variables, right? And unless you're a member at Unity and I'm intimately familiar with your journey and coaching you along that journey, I'm not even going to try to understand your unique situation. It would be unfair to you as well as a disservice on my part to give you an exact thing to do or thing to focus on here because everyone has different journeys, right? I know that I currently sit in a place where I don't have children, right? So it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, I'm gonna a lot X amount of time because I don't have kids, right? So I, I understand the privilege that I have there in that I do have more time to dedicate. So for this week, I want you to take note of your unique situation. In what ways do you have to be or could you be more selfish in the context of here, right? Not in the context of like negating everyone else's needs and only focusing on yourself. Or perhaps do you even need to be more selfish? Perhaps you already are putting those priorities at the top of your list and you are prioritizing your goals, 
but maybe this episode was just the push you needed to feel less guilty about that because that is a real thing, right? Feeling guilty that you're putting your needs above other people and that's totally okay too. I want you to be okay with that. You don't have to feel guilty about that. But whatever your situation, this empowered action is all about recognizing that being selfish isn't a bad thing, right? That's really the message that I wanted to convey in this episode that a lot of times it does get a bad rep, but it's not a bad thing. Sometimes we can work with others. We don't have to put others down or neglect their thoughts, feelings, lives, etc. We can still take a little part of being selfish into our fitness journey without doing that. So that's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Feel Your Freedom podcast. Like I think I've said before, I don't think it was as short as I expected, but kind of got on my soapbox there a little bit. But I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, leave a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, And if you are not just sharing with a friend, family member, or someone else that might enjoy it, greatly helps out this podcast. And I thank you so much for listening. I will catch you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.